0: Thank you for choosing Minitrista Baptist Church podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about Minitrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at org. How long has it been since Tony walked in the room and said, Praise the Lord! Uh, maybe six, eight months, maybe or so and uh Donnie and Donnie Don, Tony and Donna have been active in our church and uh we've invited Tony to come and share a little bit about himself his testimony and then what the Lord has placed on his heart and so Tony uh you're welcome in our pulpit and we would like to uh say thank you for sharing what God has placed on your heart
1: and everybody let's welcome Tony by saying praise the lord Praise Praise the Lord! Lord. Hallelujah! There
0: you
1: go. Thank you. Thank you. First of all, I thank you for allowing me to speak the Word. And uh, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Amen? And uh, it's only by God's grace that I'm even here. And I just give Him all the honor and all the glory. And uh, we just want Him to be the one glorified today. Amen? So... First of all, I want to thank Pastor. I, is it too far away? Alright. Yeah, I don't see you at all. So, First time anybody's ever said that. <laughs> First of all, I'd like to thank Pastor and Edgar for being obedient to the Lord. Matthew 28, 19, 20 says, Therefore, go, go and make disciples. It doesn't say stay here in our church. It says go. Amen. Jesus Christ wasn't crucified on the altar of the church; he was out on the highways and the byways sharing the good news of Jesus, you know, of him, of the gospel. Amen. So thank you guys for taking the time from your homes, from your wife, from your mommy, <laughs> Edgar. But thank you for doing that and uh, investing in the lives of those young children. That's that's very important. So thank you for that that song that we just sang oh how he loves you and oh how he loves me and oh how he loves us i don't i don't think we have to really search very far to see how much he loves us when we look at the crucifixion and what he did on the cross for us but i think the real question might be today is how much do we love him how much do we love him are we willing to die for Him? He died for us and for our sins, so that we could be reconciled back to the Father again. Because sin separates you from the Father, and if you have sin in your life, you're separated from the Father. But He came to save us, not to condemn us. John 3:16. What does it say? Everybody, can you recite it for me? This is going to be a participation service thing. Can you can you read? 316 for me for God so loved the world gave his only begotten son Ever? okay how about the following two verses you go to you go to games today and things like that and you see John 316 on signs but how about 317 and 18 do you know that huh he did not come here to condemn us, he come to save us. He came to save us. That's good news. Because we're all in need of a savior. We're all sinners. We were born into sin. We were born sinners. We were born been away from God, and we have to understand that. We weren't in line with God, but Jesus come to save us, not to condemn us. So thank you, Jesus. I you know you guys want to know why I say praise the Lord because See, I once was a sinner, but I've been saved by grace. I have Jesus living inside of me. Amen? So I can say, I I am no longer in bondage to the things of the world. That don't mean that I don't fight every day. You know, I fight every day because the flesh is sinful. It desires to have its way. But the Spirit inside me is greater than He who is in the world. Right, Bo? The Spirit that lives inside of me is great. Now I have something that I can fight my flesh with. Until I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I never had anything. I had a weak flesh, and it did what it desired. Sin. And uh, so, now I have something living inside me that I can fight off this sinful flesh. Amen? But, it's called the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. It's God living in me. Amen. I have power living in me now. I have a spirit. The flesh and the spirit fight every day. They're a battle. They're at war. My flesh wants this. But the spirit says no. And the spirit is, is powerful. It can overcome my flesh. But if I don't if I don't stay in the Word every day, if I don't be in men's Bible studies all the time, if I'm not in a good Bible teaching church, my my spirit begin to come weak. And then my flesh is going to have its way once again. So it's, it's so important. How many of you believe that this is the infallible Word of God? Can I get a raise of hands who believe that? Okay. Everybody believes that. Amen? That this is the infallible Word of God. John 14.6 says what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through the Son. You mean my good works? My church? My denomination? My money? Can't get me there? No. If we really believe that this is the infallible Word of God, we have to understand that He's the only way. There is no other way other than the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us and make us right before the Father. Amen? All right. See, that wasn't even a part of my sermon. We're going to get started now, okay? <laughs> I have Psalm 100 up here. And, I, you know, I love what Pastor says every week about we are the participants and God is the audience. We're the participants. We're the ones that's supposed to be praising and worshipping and thanking you and saying, Praise the Lord, Amen. Giving him glory, giving him honor, giving him all the praise. So I've asked her to put Psalm uh, Dawn to put Psalm one hundred up here for and I want us to all read it together, but I want us to read it with some unction. Do you know what unction is? Okay, let's let's read it with some unction. All right, are we ready? All right. Shout for the joy to the Lord, all the earth. earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with praise and praise. With praise. And praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. It doesn't just say come into his presence with you know it says with praise and thanksgiving. Man, we should be joyful when we come into his presence. We should be honored that we can even come into the presence of the Lord and be in His courts. Amen? And and uh, so we have to realize, He is God, I'm not. Even though we think we're God quite often, don't we? Anybody else? Or is that just me, think I'm God? Okay. Well, we have to recognize He's God, we're not. He's the Great Shepherd. And we are a sheep. He made us. We didn't make ourselves. He's our Creator. Maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen, He made us, and we thank Him. I think about today and our sporting events that are that are going on around the whole whatever the whole world the the, the sporting events, and I think about how many of you might call yourself a, a sports fanatic about something, either football or basketball or baseball. How many of you? I I love football. I really do. And how about anybody else? Okay? They like football? What you got a favorite team? Vikings. The Vikings, okay. You like the Vikings. Well whoever your favorite team is and you're watching them and you see one absolute great play, like a ninety yard touchdown, what are you doing? Are you just sitting in the chair? What are you usually doing? Come on. Yeah, go, go, go. You don't know, go. But yeah, we come into the, the, the Lord's house sometimes and we act like, what? Why don't, we, why don't we react the same way when we're in the presence of the Lord and, and around other brothers and sisters in Christ and things like that? Why don't we react like we would if we were at some great in sport events? So here's my first question. I told you this is going to be interaction today, Right? Okay. Do we have the same reaction when it comes to our Lord as we do to a great play or a sporting event? If not, why not? That's a good question, right? That leads me to another question. If not, do we really know Him or do we just know about Him? Do we really know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? Or do we just know about Him? That's my King. That's my King. Hallelujah. That's my King. Hallelujah. That's my King. You know, that's my King. My question to you guys is, who's your King? Amen? Who's your King? You know, for years I was my own King. I was King. I didn't grow up in a church... I grew up in a family that church meant nothing to. didn't mean anything. My parents didn't go to church or anything. And when I got married, uh, my, my ex-wife was, was a member of a denomination that I joined because I felt that being married and raising our children, we should be going to church. We need to go to church. We need to go to church. We need to go to church. So I went to church for 25 years every Sunday and every holy day. But I didn't know Jesus. Never knew who He was. I knew about Him. That's the question I ask today. Do you know Him? Or do you just know about Him? I didn't know Him. Anyway, after uh, going to church for 25 years, um never was encouraged to read this. But I went to church every Sunday and every holy day. Thought that was all I needed to do. Be a good person. Or thought I was a good person. And to the world's standards, I was a good person. But to God, I was an abomination. And and He revealed that to me down the road a ways. But anyway, we went to church for 25 years. And after uh, I was selfish, I was a drinker, I was a smoker, I was a cusser i wasn't living for the lord i'd go to church on sunday but i was a hypocrite i wasn't i wasn't living for him didn't didn't know him i was living for myself and i thought by going to church that that's really all i need to do i'd look good on sunday you know we we can go, come and get all dressed up and look really nice but then when we leave the doors what 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 are we doing then that's that's the true uh, witness, uh, if we're if we know Christ or whether we don't know Him. But anyway, uh, I went through a divorce after about twenty three years of marriage, and uh, lost lost my home, lost 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 everything that you know that I thought I I had, but I didn't. I lost it, and uh, I met a pastor. I. I, I I I was dying. I was going like living death, going through a a bad divorce for about six months. And my heart couldn't take it. And I really had to seek something. So I I had a friend that had a brother that was a pastor. So I I, I went and met with this pastor. And, of course, I told him all the things that was going on and this and that. And he looked at me and he says, where's Christ at in your life? like, what? He says, where's Christ at in your life? I really had to think about that, and I think that's a good question for all of us. Where's Christ at in your life? Well, where Christ was at in my life was if I needed Him, I called on Him. If I didn't need Him, He was down in the basement. But when I'd go through some trials and struggles, I'd bring Him up and call on Him. But if things were going good, I didn't really need him. And see, I, I was one a little bit prideful. I had pretty good positions, pretty good jobs, things like that. Pretty nice home, things like that. You know that the world says we all need. We need these things. We need them. You know that's going to make you happy. Well, even though I had all those things, I, I always still had a void in my heart. A void, something missing, and I was trying to fill that void. Whether it was alcohol, whether it was playing golf, whether it was fishing, whether it was hunting, whether it was playing cards with my friends, whether, whatever it was, I was trying to fill that void and they wouldn't fill that void. And the, and the pastor said that, I, you know, one of the problems was I was having a, an, an affair. I said, I'm not having an affair. He said, yeah, you are. He said, You're having an affair with your alcohol, you're having an affair with your golf, you're having an affair with your with your hunting, your fishing, your all the things, you're having affairs. You ain't where God wants you to be. Hmm. So he introduced me to this, the infallible word of God, the Bible. And he and he instructed me, encouraged me to go home and start reading. He he put me in Proverbs. And so I started reading Proverbs. And Proverbs started reading me. And the more I read the Bible, the more it read me. And the more it lifted the veil from my eyes and let me see the true Tony. Tony wasn't a good husband. Tony wasn't a good guy. Tony wasn't a good dad. Tony wasn't a good anything other than just a selfish person satisfying my own needs and my own wants. And so it started revealing to me, and and you know I was praying to the Lord, and I says, Lord, I says, why, you know, before I really started reading, that, I said, why am I going through this, Lord? You know, and He says, Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm really a good person, God. I go to church every Sunday, and I do a lot of good things. I, I do a lot of good things for people. He said, You're an abomination to me. That's what the Lord spoke to me. He said that I was an abomination that I wasn't pleasing to Him. Well, then that's when I started reading the Word and, and the Word started enlightening me and letting me see the truth who I really was. I wasn't who God wanted me to be. And 25 years ago, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I accepted Him as my Lord and Savior. And I've been living for Christ ever since then. A year later, after I went through a horrible divorce, God brought a wonderful Christian woman into my life named Donna back there. And we've been married 24 years this month. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But only by the grace of God. But see, God's the foundation of our marriage. He's the centerpiece. I love God more than I love her, and she loves God more than she loves me. But that's good because if she loves God more than she loves me, she's going to be obedient to God, and I'm going to have a good wife, right? Amen. And I'm going, to, and she's going to have a good husband if I'm following God's word and I'm 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 following Him in a Christ follower. I'm going to be a good husband. I don't mean I don't have faults. I know I do. We're all, you know, we we yeah. Anyway, but it's God is our foundation. He's who's our marriage is built on. And and I, you know, today if if people get married and and God's not the foundation, I, I'm very sad for that, because, you know, it's it's probably not going to work. Um. So, I said I was a drinker. I haven't drank for how many years? Twenty four years. I haven't smoked for twenty four years. A bad word has never come out of this mouth since her and I've been married. But I give God all the glory and all the honor. He took cuss from my mouth when I gave my life to Christ, and I had a mouth of a sailor, a mouth of a dirty sailor. But God took that away from me, and she's never heard a cuss word. And I and I can't even pour one in my mouth. God won't even let me do that. But that's Him. That's who He is. He can do anything. If He can save a rest like me, He can save anybody. So, you know, like I said, I was a sinner saved by grace, but I'm no longer living the flesh which brings death, but I live in the Spirit of God which brings life and freedom. I'm free. Amen? I was in bondage to so many things, but now I'm free. And He's the only one that can set you free. I used to go to jail and preach to the prisoners. And I love going there because they aren't any different than you and me. They're just sinners saved by grace, and it's only because of God's grace and mercy were they there and I wasn't there. Amen? I'm probably the only one that could say that. Right? Amen? Amen. <laughs> but they can get set free while they're still in jail. That's the beautiful part you can get set free while you're here in jail. And if they don't get set free in jail, guess what? They get out. They ain't going to be free. Amen? They're going to be right back doing the same old stuff because our flesh is weak. It's weak. Every week, pastor has in his bulletin uh, what I think is some of the most important questions you'll ever uh, have, ever be asked. And so, how to become a Christian... So have you got your bulletins there? Okay. If you go to the back now. And like I said, the question is, how do I become a qu- Christian? Well, I don't really like the word Christian that much anymore. I like the word Christ follower. Because everybody says they're Christians. Do you know God? Oh yeah, I know God. I'm a Christian. Are you a Christ follower? That's, that's the word I like. Do you follow Jesus Christ? So... I said that, you know, I really like the words follower of Christ because it seems like the word Christian has lost its meaning in our society today. Everyone claims to be a Christian, but yet lives under their own lordship and not the lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's, let's read Romans. If you've got your Bible today, or there's some in the pews there, let's grab it. We're going to read Romans three twenty-three, twenty-four together. Give me an amen when you're, when you're ready. Amen? Amen? I'll wait a little bit. Romans 3.23-24. The Word of God is alive and active. It's powerful. So when we read the Word of God, it's powerful. Let it speak to us. Amen? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So the first blank that we have there what do we what do we put there? Huh? We need to admit. Right, we need to admit it. We need to admit that we're all sinners and we need a Savior. Amen? <clears throat> Let's go read the next Scripture that I want to read is John 3.3. I'll let you get there. John 3.3. Let's read it. Jesus replied to Nicodemus, Verily, truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Whew. What does that mean? Born again? What does that mean? It means we got to die to our sinful flesh and be born of the Spirit that's living in us. Amen? I can no longer live. I need to do a 180. I'm walking this way in sin. Well, I, need, I need I need to repent and turn away from that and walk toward Christ. So you you need to see a 180 in my life. We can say we can tell God we're sorry, we can tell him all of these things, but if we don't see any change, have we truly repented? Are we still doing the same old things we were doing or have we repented? We have to ask for forgiveness and turn away and die to our sinful flesh and to be, and to be born of the Spirit, to follow Christ. So, the second blank there is, what? Repent. Repent. Let's go to Romans 9, or Romans 10, 9 and 10 if you would please. If would have been real good, I'd have had these up on the video for you, but I wasn't a real good communicator to John. So we happened to look them up on the Bible. That's okay. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good thing. So Romans 10.9-10, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. I'm going to John 3:16 again and I'm just going to read it you don't need to look for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. but the really good news is people for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son hmm. thank you Jesus for coming and saving us we have a savior in Jesus he didn't come to he didn't come to condemn us he came to save us so, we have to believe. That next blank there is believe. We've got to believe in Jesus. We've got to believe and profess. John 14.6 is the next Scripture. It's probably one of my favorite Scriptures. And I read it already. Or I get excited about it because I'd already said it in the beginning. But Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through Me. Man, that's pretty clear. (laughs) It doesn't get any clearer than that. Revelations 3.20 do you, you want to turn to that, please? We'll read that one together. But Actually, it's going to be a little different because I took it out of the NASB. And I'm going to read it. I'll just read it. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears My voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with Me. You knew that. I, I watched your words. She was reciting it right with me. It says He's talking about our heart. He's not talking about a door. Our heart's the door to allow Him to come in. Our heart has to be open for Him to come in. I know you've seen the picture of Jesus standing at the door in the garden. I know a pastor said this. If you look at it real close, there's no doorknob on the outside. The only one that can open it is you on the inside. I have to be the one to make that decision to open my heart to Christ to allow Him to come in. So it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in into him and will dine with him and he with me. Second Corinthians tells us today is the day of salvation. How many of you can guarantee me that you're going to go to heaven today if if you walk out this door and you and you and there's a fatal accident and you're involved in it? Can you guarantee me that you're going to heaven? I, I can. I can guarantee you that because it's not me, it's Him. Amen? But, but the question is, today is the day of salvation. If you can't answer that question, yes, I don't want you to go away from here today without having the assurance that you can have entry into eternal life with, 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 with God. But that's through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And each and every one of us have to make that personal decision. It's a personal decision between you and God, not between you and Pastor, not between you and your wife, not between you and your son, not between you and your mom. It's a personal decision that we have to make if we're going to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Satan will be sitting right here telling you, don't do it. But He's a liar. He come to kill, steal, and destroy. He doesn't want us to have a relationship with Christ from the very beginning. He's thwarted everything that Christ wanted to do, and He still is. The Word says God doesn't want one of us to perish. He doesn't want one of us to perish. He wants us all to be saved. So I've asked Skye to come up here, and she's going to play a song for us. And while she's playing this song, Hebrews 7 says, or 4 7 says, Today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. If God's speaking to you today, and he wants to have a relationship with you, and you want to have a relationship with him, he wants you to, to come. This is an altar. And an altar is where you can come and confess your sins and ask God. To be your Lord and Savior, if you want, to, if you want Him to be. But He's the only one that can save us, folks. Nobody else can. So, Sky, if you'll play, and during this time, if you choose to want to come down, Pastor will be here. We could pray with you. I'll pray with you. Bo's back there. He said he'd pray with you. Neil's back there. I know some real men. of God will come and pray with you if, if that's what your heart desires. You know what? I'm the first one to go to the altar because I know I need my Lord. Heavenly Father God, we thank you for being our Savior. We thank you for dying on the cross for us. We thank you for covering our sins, Father God. Lord God, we just, uh, if, if, if there was someone here today that didn't come down, even if they prayed you right there where they were at, Father God, I know that you'll receive them, Father God, and I thank you for that. Lord, we, uh, we can't give You enough thanks for who You are and what You've done for us in our lives. And Lord, if we've got anything to share with other people, it's the good news of Jesus Christ, the One that can set them free. So Father God, let us do as Your words instruct us when we leave this church, Father God, that we go and share the good news wherever we're at. And Lord, we just... Uh, We just give you all the honor and all the glory. And, Lord, I just uh, pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit that the blessings be on the people today as they leave here. And, Lord, uh, we just thank you again for who you are and all you do. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching Scripture, Biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.